Hey guys, it's Keith. I'm taking a test today called the Enneagram test. This is to mix it up a little bit. This one is a little more playful and personal. Nothing political about this, I don't think. The Enneagram of personality is a model of nine personality types. It is frequently used in self-help, business management, and spiritual development. The Enneagram is not an instrument that is commonly used in psychological research. Although proponents like Virginia Price and David Daniels claim to have found scientific support for the model. What is your Enneagram type? Um, yeah, in regard to actual psychological research, I think the big five test, personality test, is the most used. It replaces the INFP kind of test, the Myers-Briggs test that many of us have maybe done as when we were younger. So I do recommend the big five for people that actually want to understand their personality properly. Um, I won't talk about that one this time, but you can Google it. This one is a little more fun. I think this is a little more related to like astrology style stuff. Not exactly, but I think it's looser and hence has less psychological weight in the profession. But let's see. Question 1 of 45. I generally look down upon people who excuse their failures with sob stories. Huh. Well, yes, but I also am <laughs> one of those people that does that a little bit. Uh, it's kind of fun to find excuses. I'm not that hard on others. I have some sympathy and compassion. Um, but I also don't admire it. Uh you know, it depends on the context of the sob story, but I'm going to stay neutral on that. I avoid conflicts by going along with what others want. But if this state of affairs drags on for too long, I may show my frustration in a passive-aggressive manner. Hmm. You know, I would like to say that I'm more of like this strong-willed person that really makes it clear what I want, but that's not always the case. I, I only do that if I really feel comfortable and secure and confident, which... Maybe I do more than others, maybe not, but I definitely relate to this, but I wouldn't call it my dominant personality. So I disagree slightly. Expressing strong emotions does not come naturally to me. Uh, hmm. You know, I don't feel strongly about this. I'll tell you that. I neither agree or disagree I again have to probably stay neutral this does I don't really I don't know I feel pretty like an equilibrium about this I don't feel like I have strong emotions compared to a lot of people but I'm also not stone you know um I can express strong emotions but I tend to be more logical than emotional so I'm going to stay neutral again I challenge weak ideas in a clear and convincing manner I think I do that. I think that's kind of what this podcast format is all about, frankly. So I would I would have to agree with this. Um, should I more strongly agree with it? Maybe. I I don't know. I, I, I tend to be, in my mind, a little more open-minded to most ideas. But when I hear of a weak idea, I do try and think it through rhetorically, not just to refute it, but also to like understand it uh, and to contextualize it a little better. Um, I'm not sure how clear and or convincing it is. I hope it's at least clear, if not convincing. Um, I don't know how strongly to agree with that, but I guess I'll go in the middle. 
When I socialize, I tend to accommodate people so much that I need to disappear into some solitary activity afterwards. Uh, hmm. I do tend to disappear into some solitary activity. Like on a Sunday, I'd rather be alone pretty often. Um, if partying Saturday night, I do like that balance and I do feel like an ambivert who needs a lot of introverted time after expending energy extroverted wise. But I don't know if it's because I'm accommodating people so much. Maybe. Um, I don't know about that though. I don't feel like I'm an especially accommodating person. I'm not like a, yeah, I I don't want to portray myself that way. Um, you know, I tend to socialize on my terms mostly, but not always. It's actually kind of hard to find my own terms, but I am going to disagree with this slightly. I am an emotionally responsive person who easily picks up on the feelings of others, sometimes too easily. Huh? Well, this is also a bit beguiling because I do that, but I also don't do that. I've been accused of being both insensitive and overly sensitive. Um, which I assume is normal. I think we probably all have varying ways of feeling things and responding to things. And we have our own blind spots and we're not consistent, you know? Uh, Am I an emotionally responsive person? It really depends on if I'm like tuned into that at any given moment. I feel like I can also be oblivious and even, you know, on the autistic spectrum about it but not fully. I feel like I'm more emotionally responsive than not. It's something I've also tried to work on because I think when I was younger, I was much worse at being like this. Um, So I've been attempting more and more to be emotionally responsive, but I wouldn't say sometimes too easily. Uh, Not at all. I think I'll stay in the middle on that one. My carefulness and attention to detail prevent careless mistakes and omissions. Hmm. I wish that was true. Uh, I try to be careful and I do identify a bit as a perfectionist, which is why I don't accomplish a lot of things because I want them to be just right. I often don't do them at all because I would rather not do something than do it poorly. But I'm trying to get over that, hence releasing these podcasts. You know, a lot of them, I record a lot of these and I don't release most. I spend some time editing them and then decide, no, I don't want to say this or, you know, I don't. I don't want to stamp this one with approval, but I will post something sometimes just out of an impulse because I feel like I need to, you know, really put myself out there and get something off my chest. Um, but there are plenty of mistakes. Um, so I guess I feel a little typically, uh, mixed about that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I want to slightly disagree, but I also kind of agree. So again, I'm going to stay neutral. Sorry to be so boring so far. Question eight. I work well with all types of people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would like to say yes again. I'm not so sure. I don't know if I actually work well at all. I don't know if I work well with any types of people. Um. Hmm. I feel like I can have a conversation with all types of people. I feel like I can get along with all types to some degree. I don't know if I could live with all types. I certainly couldn't romantically be involved with all types. Work. Um, yeah, I can work with all types of people in a professional setting. But again, it would still matter how much and, you know, there would be conflict depending. So, hmm. 
this isn't really something I pride myself on. I'm going to actually disagree a bit here. Um, I think I've actually been described by bosses uh, to the contrary. I see the merits in all points of view pretty easily, even to the point of seeming indecisive myself. Okay, well, this I can agree with, no doubt. Um, I think I definitely do that. And if you listen often to my podcast, you probably hear me doing that. I try to give the other side, as it were, a full shakedown. I'm not always very good at it, um, but I'm aware that there are other sides, generally speaking. So yeah, I like to feel open to all sides, even if I have a strong opinion or thoughts about something. Um, I'm definitely indecisive. You can probably hear that even in these 10 questions I've done so far. I am closure oriented and like to have procedures in place to make sure deadlines are met and things are settled and decided. That is a strong disagree. (laughs) I am not closure oriented at all. Um, Not at all. I would say probably in no aspect of my life do I feel this way. (laughs) I wish things could be settled and decided. I like checking things off a checklist, but I don't even do that very well, if I'm honest. I want to win the approval of those in authority, even when I don't really like or respect them. No, I disagree with that. That's easy. How strongly should I disagree? Um, pretty strongly. I can be relied upon to make sure that all essential tasks are organized. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking of people that would rely on me. Probably not, if I'm honest. I wish I could say yes. I've hold, I've held managerial positions and led task forces and managed projects, and I have done it. I can be relied upon when I step up professionally and, you know, dedicate myself to it and get ahead. I've done it for sure. But in life lately, I've become worse about it, if I'm honest, because I feel like even if I say, yeah, I'll, ch- I'll take on that project because I want to be involved with a team or earn some money. And then I just am not reliable if I don't care enough. If I don't feel inspired and motivated enough, I won't be um, exemplary in this arena. Which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit ashamed to say that. I wish I was better at doing it, but it's very hard for me to just keep, keep my head to the ground and complete a task I find it natural to take charge when others are at a standstill. Um, Kind of. It depends. It depends, again, if I care and what this task might be. Uh, In a social situation, like picking a restaurant, I can probably do it. Uh, Not always, though. I can be just as indecisive and deferential um, as anybody else. But I probably do take the lead more than an average person, uh, more than the median in this case. Um, and I do find it natural. I don't feel really, uh, prevented in any way from doing that, but I don't know if it's a character trait I would define myself with. Um, I guess I'll do a very soft agree on that. I am competitive and ambitious, but also pretty adamant about playing by the rules no. No, no, and no. <laughs> uh, I don't relate to that. 
Um, I am not that competitive, definitely compared to people that are actually competitive in any circumstance. Uh, I'm not that ambitious. I have, I have big goals. Um, they're not outsized goals. They're goals appropriate to my skill set. Um, but I don't pursue them very fervently. I don't wake up with the passion to pursue them. Um, I would happily idle away my time and I don't really even know what the rules are, let alone feel adamantly about playing by them. So that's just a disagree all around. I openly show my impatience when others get in the way of progress. Hmm. What counts as progress? Impatience. Um, I do get impatient, definitely. Uh, I can get impatient if we're making plans, if there's some task to be done as a group of friends. Uh, it depends, you know. I, I'm i thinking of social situations somehow because I feel the most natural in those situations. Uh, and social situations also involve plenty of like... Uh, performance enhancers if you can say this like alcohol which will um you know smooth the edges as it were and reduce frustrations um politically i do get annoyed about the lack of progress as i see it for sure um and i can i can openly show my patience there i guess it's a soft disagree it's a soft agree because I'm not embarrassed or intimidated to show impatience. And I know it's probably a bad look that annoys plenty of people around me, but I will do it. 16. I easily pity or sympathize with others. Hmm. Well, I think I do, but I don't do it as much as a lot of people do it. You know, I don't know if this is an exponential thing or what, but like to show sympathy or pity for like animals and thus becoming a vegetarian or with homeless people and thus giving out money, like these kind of ways of really obviously showing pity and sympathy. I don't do that, but I feel it. I can recognize like what a person's going through. I actually put my eye on them or on an animal and I see it's pain, but it doesn't affect me that much. You know, I, 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 I think I intellectualize it more than anything versus actually relating to that desire that the thing might have, the thing, whoever or whatever it might be. So I think I have to slightly disagree with that. I am not happy when there are no set plans in place for important things that should be done. Um... <laughs> Kind of, but I don't do much about it. You know, I leave things in my mind on my mental uh, task list, um, things to do list. I can leave them there for a while. Um, I don't know if it affects my happiness or not. I would probably be happier to be a more high functioning person that is taking care of those kind of plans for important things and to even what define what is important, but I don't really do it. So I'm not that bothered. Um, so I have to dis disagree with this. I guess I'll soft disagree. I haven't, you know, this is weird. Cause it's like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven point scale with, you know, three being in the middle one, no, with four in the middle. And I haven't clicked one or seven at all on this test. 
I don't feel too passionately about any of these so far. Um, what am I putting here? Two or a three? Um, I guess I'll put a three. You know, I'm pretty ambivalent about this. I sometimes spend more time fine-tuning definitions, concepts, and techniques than is probably prudent. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I probably do that. I think you could file this under overthinking, which I do. I like to really take my time on uh, pruning uh, ideas and words and sentences. When I wrote a book, which I did uh, a couple years ago, um, I spent a lot of time fine-tuning that. Um, concepts. Yeah, I do a lot of podcast episodes just on one concept and fine-tuning it for an hour. Uh, is that prudence? Possibly not. You know, I mean, it's way more than I hear a lot of people doing. Um, so I'm going to agree, uh, but still I'm not going to go for a full seven here. I'm just going to go a six. I am pioneering and unconventional to a fault, always forging ahead with new projects that others do not necessarily see the value in. I agree with that. Uh, I guess I do see myself this way. Um, definitely with the last part that others don't necessarily see the value in, like this podcast perhaps. Um, not that I'm pioneering the idea of a podcast, but this one is a little different than most, I think, in the sense that it's just me talking out loud in a philosophical way. Pretty unpopular, perhaps. Uh, it's unconventional. Um, I live pretty unconventionally, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty strongly agree with that. Should I go full seven? Uh, no, I, I feel like... I feel a little, like, too modest to say as if, like, oh, I'm so pioneering and unconventional, you know? Like, I don't know about that. The search for emotional connection has been with me all my life, but somehow I've never been able to feel that I achieved it. Whew, that actually hits home pretty hard. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a strong agree. Um that makes me sad actually to think about it, but it's true. I definitely, I've made emotional connections definitely, but you know, on a night like tonight when I'm just sitting here at 10 PM and don't feel like, or have anybody to text with or something, I, I feel an absolute absence of an emotional connection and I could probably foster one by reaching out or, you know, something, but I kind of feel like, um, a real isolated loner sometimes despite the lovely blooming relationships I have fostered before I am single and without a really obvious friend group so yeah <laughs> that's that 21 I have very clear internal standards of right and wrong and I allow myself no easy outs when enforcing them hmm you know, a lot of what I do here into this microphone is trying to figure out this kind of stuff. I definitely have moral guiding principles for sure. And I feel very uh, passionately about some of them. Uh, I feel passionately about the topic in general. I feel like life is a journey a bit and in an always state of becoming. And I don't know, I'm not dogmatic. So I've never had it I've never had these standards be totally clear um, 
and black and white, which is which is how right and wrong kind of hit my ear. Um, no easy outs when enforcing them. I I've given myself outs, you know. I rationalize and make excuses here and there. So yeah, I'm not this rigid. Um, I do like to I like the moral principles behind this question, but I'm not a rigid kind of person, so I have to disagree. How so- how strongly should I disagree? Um, I guess I'll go a slight disagreement. I am critical of people who do not take responsibility for their own lives. <sighs> yeah, um, I am, but I don't think I'm as critical as a lot of people are. I'm not a, I'm not a taskmaster. I'm not a drill sergeant, and you know, not even with myself. And I don't take as much responsibility for my own life as I should. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm not like that <clears throat> but I do have that inner judgment of myself and of others so that's a little tricky but I I, I think I afford a lot of sympathy in that sense <clears throat> I'd rather relate to the emotional you know pains and problems that people have that are held back and I feel compassionate and sympathetic in that sense um more so than judging them and telling them to get their act together or something like that. Okay, we're halfway done. <clears throat> I enjoy analysis for its own sake and find less joy in planning or implementation. Absolutely. I think I can strongly agree with something finally. I really enjoy an analysis for its own sake and you can hear me talking about it as <laughs> on and on. <laughs> um yeah, planning and implementation, that's not really my bag. Um, but I would like to change that. I would like to be better at doing those things. But I kind of leave that stuff to other people who really savor it. You know, there are always there's always that person in the group that wants to really plan it out. And sometimes that person is me if it's, like, really in my wheelhouse, like travel plans or, like, you know, a perfect day. You know, I've I've done those things. But more often than not, I tend to, like, not spend too much effort in those things because however the day goes i can usually roll with it 24 producing a flurry of ideas is one of my biggest strengths i think i can agree with that i have a lot of notes and a lot of goals and a lot of ideas written down in a lot of different places in this room (laughs) uh just looking around i see us all sorts of ideas written down scribbled down on paper and on my notepad on my laptop So yeah, even I'm actually recording. It's funny. I'm recording this very thing right now that you're hearing on a track in GarageBand. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks of all of different episodes that I'm doing. And usually that's not the case. Usually I make a a project of one thing and then I just record it and I'm done kind of after belaboring it for a bit. But yeah, I can just build and build on ideas and I guess that's a strength, you know? Like, I I think of of myself as an ideas person, you could say. When people around me disagree, I take it upon myself to fuse everyone's point of view into a synthesis or compromise. Uh, Yeah, I do that. I don't know if that's, like, my major skill that I am proud of or what I identify with, but I do like listening to a room of people and then saying something near the end, like, it sounds like what we're kind of saying is this, but on the other hand, that, so maybe this third thing. Um, 
I do believe in compromise. I think it's just like a really evidence pragmatic way to, you know, participate in society, which we're all kind of doomed to doing. So I believe in that. And I especially think, I, you know, I especially get upset when people just don't hear each other at all because they can only hear what they think, their own points of view. And when I can hear both points of view, even if I agree with one more than the other, which is usually the case, I feel like clarifying and helping the other people hear the other points, you know, to be less partisan and less judgmental about each other and to remember that these are ideas that we're discussing and it's important to hear each other's ideas and to, yeah, give the devil its due as it were. Um, I don't always take it upon myself to do that. Uh, yeah, but I guess a lot of my podcasting and, you know, philosophical thinking is kind of like doing that to some degree. So I guess I'll agree or more, dis- more agree. I don't know how much to agree. I don't like that. This is such a broad spectrum. Um, okay. 26. I am somewhat logically minded and remote and not always as enthusiastic as others. That's a, that's an agree, uh, a pretty strong, um, yeah, I, I definitely relate to that. Does that make me cold? I don't feel cold about it necessarily, but flippant often. And yeah, rational for sure. I am drawn to emotional intensity and sometimes long to explore the depths of melancholy and sadness. You know, that would describe me 10 years ago. I felt that a lot throughout my 20s and teens, big, big time. Um, I defined myself even more so along those lines through, you know, music and poetry and um, dating, you know, feeling forlorn and lovesick. I would identify with a lot. Um, a kind of Hamlet characterization I've always related to. Nowadays, I don't do that as much. Um I feel like I do it to a lesser degree. I feel a little more dulled by life, having experienced heartbreak multiple times and, uh, you know, disappointment in in all aspects of life many times. I feel a little beaten down by it at this point. I feel like it'd be a little naive of me to still be plumbing the depths of melancholy and sadness now um, because I think at some point as you as you grow – and feel more life experience world wary, those intensities die off a little bit and I don't value them as much. I think they're a little silly. Um, I'd rather not identify with those things if I'm honest, because it does have this pathetic angle to it. Pathos quite literally. Um, but I get it, you know, and I like other people that are like that to some degree. Um, but I'm trying actually to change that because I feel like there's some amount of immaturity associated with it. But I'm going to stay neutral. I don't disagree, but I also don't relate to it anymore. Even in work and professional settings, I make a point of getting to know the human side of my teammates, their hobbies, their thoughts, and their values. Yeah. I mean, that's what I care about. So if I'm, you know, in a place with somebody in a space, uh, that's what I will talk about. Um, 
so yeah, I can agree with that. Um, should I strongly agree? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm the most jovial, friendly person. There are times when I don't do this at all, where I just show up and just do something and like stay reticent or introverted, you know, but once I get going, once I have a drink, maybe at a party, like I definitely love to explore the human side of people, but I'm not the most bubbly either. So I guess this is a soft agree. I seek new ways of doing things as a way to stimulate my imagination. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. Uh, you know, just today I was thinking about this, you know, I, I like to change what kind of bag I take out with me anywhere from a backpack to a tote bag to a, a fanny pack, you know, like, and which way I like to put my camera in and out, you know, comparing those. And if I'm riding a bike or a motorbike, um, if I'm walking, uh, I take different routes basically every time I go anywhere. Um, I look for new things on the streets. Uh, I make little games of like what, where to put my attention, what to focus on. So yeah, I like that kind of stuff a lot. Um, I even just change my desk, you know, I, I move my furniture around the room. So yeah, I'm like that. 30. It's important to, to me to feel accepted and as though I belong. <sighs> this hurts because the answer is yes. And yet I don't feel that way, but I, I, I've chosen not to, I've intentionally not built this feeling of belonging anywhere. I've done it on purpose because I care about other things more, but this is important to me. I suppose I feel like it's more important to be true to myself and be an individual and, uh, not compromise my personal values and stuff like that but I do want to feel accepted and a sense of belonging. I just don't have it. <laughs> so I think that that kind of, I don't know, does that prove that it's unimportant or less important? I'm not sure. Um, neutral. My ability to see merit in all sides of a matter makes me good at resolving conflicts. However, it also means that I sometimes have a hard time knowing what is important to me. Uh... Maybe, yes. I mean, I don't know how strong this is in me. I, w I would actually like people that know me well to do this test for me, actually. Um, I don't think of myself as this conflict, conflict resolution person, you know, like a, a couples therapist or a group therapist or a, I don't know. I'm not totally lost in what's important to me either. I, I have an idea. I'm just you know, I'm not the most, uh, industrious person about it, you know? So yeah, I'm going to stay neutral on this. I get a lot done and I am successful at almost everything I take on. <laughs> I wish, um, it depends what you're measuring it against. You know, I, I do more than a lot of people in terms of, you know, enumerating my accomplishments during a day, depending on how you define that, you know, I don't know if it counts to say like buying a bicycle or uh, packaging a return to Amazon, you know, I mean, are those accomplishments? Probably not. Um, recording a podcast counts as an accomplishment. 
in my book, publishing it is a bigger one. Those often don't happen in the same day for me. <clears throat> I don't get a lot done compared to the people I admire. That's for sure. And I'm definitely not successful in terms of comparing myself to others, you know, in terms of Instagramming or <clears throat> posting memes to Facebook or releasing podcasts. I don't feel like I'm a, a huge success or anything. Um, but I like to do it. But yeah, I don't do these things in these in this kind of way. I, I, I don't put myself, I don't define my my life in terms of being productive and successful. I tend to get caught up in a novel, sorry, I tend to get caught up in novel ideas that occur to me, even at the expense of the goal. Yes. <laughs> I almost signed up for a, another user experience design course with a buddy um, before realizing I probably just shouldn't be a UX designer. As much as that novel idea tempts me, it's kind of exciting to imagine myself that way. I just don't think I will be. I think I have a lot of other interests that are bigger than that like um, photography and writing and just thinking out loud, um, being an artist. I care about those so much more than the the doldrum daily activities of UX design. But that novel idea like really appealed to me for a year, the last year. And I've it, it helped l- me lose my my actual goals, which have been to be more, you know, accomplished in my already defined areas, but it's very easy for me to find other areas of interest. I would rather just be a university student my whole life, if I'm honest. So yeah, I get caught up in novel ideas. I long for emotional connection, but most people are just too different for me to give me that deeply felt sense of companionship and meaning. Ain't that the truth? I spread enthusiasm in groups and on teams so as to create a pleasant atmosphere. Mm. You know, it's sad. I I remember being like that. I feel like I was like that when I was young, like uh, around 20. And now I just don't feel like I do that. I think I'm more often this kind of odd man out, um, either like a tag along person, you know, this, this mysterious loner guy that's like joining in, you know, like I stay more quiet, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a very good cheerleader and I just don't feel like it's ever my place to do that. Maybe it's partly being in a different country. Maybe it's partly that I just feel generally alienated from most of my peers, basically always. Uh, so no, this is not me, but I don't know. I, I, I could, I could see how my life could have gone that way. You know, if I was like a film director, which I first aspired to be, that's what my life was supposed to be at this point. Um, I feel like I could, I could do that. I could like spread enthusiasm on set and lead a group, you know, and create a pleasant atmosphere. I would pride myself on doing that, but that's not the life I'm leading. I chose this kind of like solo artist bedroom genius path over that sort of um that sort of path and i don't know if i would recommend it (laughs) guys 36 while i am very loyal myself i frequently worry that those close to me are going to abandon or betray me um i don't know i don't have strong feelings on this topic uh 
I don't know how loyal I am. I, I consider myself loyal. I, I, I consider my old friends very, very deeply and sincerely, uh, despite whatever different paths we go and whatever rough patches we hit. I always consider my oldest friends like siblings to me. Um, I don't worry too much about being abandoned or betrayed. Uh, it does happen, but it's not one of my psychological issues. I don't, this is just not, I don't know. I think I'm going to stay neutral on that. I prefer to be one of those teammates to being, sorry, I prefer to be one of the teammates to being the one calling the shots. I don't like the wording of that statement. Um, hmm. It depends, but I probably would prefer calling the shots actually. Uh, I think of myself more of a leader than a follower. I just don't lead very much. Um, I don't follow very much either though. Um, but I, I believe in picking your battles here. You know, I don't feel the need to lead everything. I feel like, you know, especially socially, it's just not my priority to like figure out the perfect plan most of the time. But I do feel a little more like excited and energized when I am the one calling the shots. And when I start to do that, I feel like I glow more. I feel like people notice my, you know, my joie de vivre or, uh, you know, my essence somehow more so. I just don't, I don't know. I haven't felt my moment to do that very often, lately anyway. So anyways, I don't prefer being one of the teammates. Uh, but I could, it just depends on the team. I find it hard to be happy in settings where others are not so happy. Sorry. Uh, I find it hard to be happy in settings where others are not also happy. I want that to say are also not happy. But anyways, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking of a few things. Like, obviously if I walk into a room and then like the air is sucked out because of some tense situation, I can feel that for sure. Um, I can respond to that in many different ways. Like, okay, I'm reading the room, you know, like as a good person is meant to do these days, <laughs> just go with the flow, accept the, accept what's happening. Um, but also I think, Hey guys, what's going on? Why are we like this? Let's change it. Like I could easily be like that too. And I'm thinking about relationships. Like, definitely in most relationships I've had, like romantic ones, we kind of trade off. Like, if somebody is unhappy, it's the other person's job to kind of be a little more chipper. And then it can, you know, it can flow the other way. And then, like, when you're feeling sad, then they become more chipper. I feel like there's that kind of, you know, push-pull, yin-yang thing going on. Um, so other people's sadnesses don't depress me. Um, actually, I feel like I'm more attuned to, uh, taking on the more parental figure or the more guidance figure when I see that. And then I want that for me too. Like if I'm feeling unhappy, I don't want somebody to just get sad with me. I want them to like yin yang and cheer me up by balancing it or something like that. Um, so yeah, I don't find it hard to be happy necessarily. I, th I guess I softly disagree. I am naturally somewhat bossy and find it easy to tell people what to do. Uh, yes, 
if I'm honest with myself, I do feel that way. I fight that. I've spent years fighting that because of how, you know, this kind of bossiness is, is so condemned. You know, it's condemned as toxic masculinity. It's condemned in women as bitchiness. Um, now it's empowering, but I actually find it a little gross. Um, I think bossiness can be very tricky to pull off. You know, I feel anti-authoritarian. So I often think like, who are you to tell me this? And then as such, I don't like to tell other people what to do. But if I'm given that assigned role, then I do like it actually. Um, so that's a tricky one. I feel like I have actually belied my natural state of being by fighting my own bossiness so much. Um, but I do feel naturally that way somehow. Um, I just don't feel like I have any authority at the moment to do that. And that's kind of by design that I don't have it. I quickly grow bored with the familiar and go out of my way to look for new experiences. Yeah, (laughs) I do that. (laughs) I move to Germany. I move apartments. I change relationships. I change friends. I, you know, I change hobbies. I change projects. I, I get bored easily and I like to do new things all the time. I familiarize myself in depth with the proper ways of handling the tasks at hand. Huh, that's a weird weird sentence. I familiarize myself in depth. Okay, I do that. I research things. I study things. With the proper ways of handling the tasks at hand. Um, the proper ways of handling the tasks at hand. Uh, I don't know what that means exactly. Like following rules? Uh, becoming expert on a topic. Um, those are different, but they both would apply here, wouldn't they? Uh, I wouldn't say I familiarize myself in depth. Um, it depends though, you know, like a camera, I'm happy to do that with, you know, like tech stuff, like a computer, I try and do that. Um, I have a limit though of how much I can tolerate. Um, rule books, I'm not ever thumbing through fully. I'm not ever a stickler for such things. Um, I'm happy to just agree upon rules casually or let somebody else tell me what the rules are without familiarizing myself in depth. The proper ways, I mean, some things have proper ways and others don't, you know? Uh, Only a few things have really proper ways, like handling toxic waste, you know, that, that has a proper way of handling it. But like how to ask somebody out or how to break up, you know, there's no real proper way um i don't know i feel a little divided here but i guess i'm more disagreeing with it 42 people aren't always what they seem so i can be really uneasy about their motives um people aren't always what they seem but i think mostly they are i mean i'm actually pretty trusting with people i tend to take people at their word unless they're really obviously not trustworthy or, you know, have some issues where, you know, I'm not quite believing what they're saying. Uh, in which case I will just call it out often. Like, will you really do that? Or, um, you said this, but do you mean it? Um, I feel like I could be like that. Um, their motives. I'm not questioning people's motives too deeply. Sometimes I will like everybody in a gossipy way or, you know, just thinking something through with somebody, but yeah, uh, I'm not going to strongly agree with this. That's for sure. I guess I'll slightly disagree. 
A strong work ethic will always manifest visible results. Well, I can agree with that without doing it, right? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it's true. Um, a strong work ethic, visible results. I can think of counterexamples, you know. There I, can, I can think of people that work hard that don't get far in life because life's not always rewarding hard work. Visible results, well, sure. But, I mean, if you don't have skill in something, those visible results will be bad. I guess if you have a strong work ethic to learn better skills, uh, yeah, I guess they'll manifest. But I don't know. I feel pretty ambivalent about that one. I can accumulate lots of knowledge. Sometimes I get the feeling that I do this as a way to counteract a deep-seated feeling of not being good enough. Huh. Maybe. I do accumulate lots of knowledge. That's for sure. <laughs> I love learning. I love knowing things. I love exploring ideas. And when I get a new idea in my head, like um, the Russian Revolution, you know, I was just thinking about today, and I spent 45 minutes on that topic. Um I get the feeling I do this as a way to counteract deep-seated feeling. I don't really get that feeling, but if I was in psychoanalysis, I don't know. Is that a reason I do that? I'm not sure. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, it doesn't really occur to me that I'm doing it like that, but I will say that sometimes when I don't publish a podcast, I do have this deep-seated feeling of not being good enough or of it not being good enough because I didn't make it good enough. Um, and then I will try and gain more knowledge, so to speak, on it before doing it again and releasing it eventually. Huh. I guess I'll softly agree with that. Last question. I am more sensitive than most people and sometimes feel the world is just too harsh. Yeah. I mean, again, I felt that a ton when I was younger. Now I'm a little more jaded, a little more cynical, but I still do feel the world is too harsh, definitely. Um, am I more sensitive than most? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to fully appreciate how sensitive other people are. I would say if I was just looking at the arts uh, and what I've been attracted to throughout my life in terms of fiction and, you know, music, I would say that I'm attracted to what I see to be equally sensitive artists proclaiming their emotion. Um, I don't know where I would fall on that. I guess I am also a similar artist, but I think everybody appreciates those things. Um, I will agree, at least softly here, I do feel like the world is too harsh. All right, let's just leave that as a soft degree, finish, and see what it says. Huh. All right. Um, my strongest result is a type 7 with 4 and 5 close behind. What is a type 7? Adventurer, visionary. Sevens value freedom and novelty. They are driven by the motivational need to experience life in full and maintain a sense of adventure. They strive to be innovative and adaptable, connecting ideas from a broad range of disciplines with ease. 
that their actions and deeds are seen as inspired and original will also be especially important to them. At their best, sevens are visionary and resourceful, bringing a sense of imagination and play to everything they do. On the other hand, less well-developed sevens may also be unfocused and erratic, as their fear of being locked down lowers their mood and prevents them from following through. Overall, sevens possess great visionary capabilities. They are capable of absorbing a wide range of ideas and combining them in ways that open up new possibilities to both themselves and others. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I want to read a few of the other ones. This website that I've done this test on, again, idrlabs.com, has a lot of tests I'm going to be doing doesn't have a description for the others so i'm going to leave that site and look at the enneagram institute descriptions i want to see what my other um major types are i scored a 93 percent on seven so i almost maxed that out um but i also had 80 percent type 5 70 percent type 4 and 67 percent type 8 which were all way more than like the other ones i scored quite low on Type 3, it was only 20%. Uh, <laughs> so on the NAGRAMInstitute.com, type 3 is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. That is what I am the least. Uh, let me read the ones I'm actually relating to. Uh, number 5, the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive and isolated yeah i guess i kind of feel like that um for the individualist the sensitive withdrawn type expressive dramatic self-absorbed and temperamental Mm -hmm. so that was what i was i think oscillating about the most in the questionnaire i think that's what i used to be was more of an individualist um more of the kind of you know pained um isolated artist type and i still do relate to that if i'm honest i just feel like i'm a little more world wary and finally um eight is my other big one the challenger the powerful dominating type self-confident decisive willful and confrontational yeah i think i could be that more if my life went differently but i've kind of like shied away from being that too much so Again, this is the Enneagram Institute. I don't know if that means it's kind of more the official descriptions. But number seven on this is different. So again, number seven on the Enneagram test I took describes it as the adventurer visionary, which sounds cool. Whereas on the Enneagram Institute, it describes it as the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Yeah. Okay. Um... I I don't like those words as much, but they're not wrong. Uh, So I'm going to read seven here, seven in brief. Uh, Sevens are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. Yeah, I don't quite think that that's my main type, but maybe it is deep down. Maybe I'm stifling it through my anxieties and my judgments. Playful, high-spirited, and practical, they can also misapply their many talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. Yeah, They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. They typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. 
At their best, they focus their talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. Right. I guess I'm just not a seven. I'm not excelling as a seven. I'm kind of more struggling as a seven. Basic fear of being deprived and in pain. Basic desire to be satisfied and content, to have their needs fulfilled. Sure. Enneagram sevens with a six wing, the entertainer. Enneagram sevens with an eight wing, the realist. Okay, so I am a realist in the sense that I have an eight wing. Um, let me just make sure of that again. Yeah, my type eight was strong. Um, and that's the challenger. <laughs> so I'm an extroverted, enthusiastic challenger. I guess so. Um, key motivations. Want to maintain their freedom and happiness. Yes. To avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences, FOMO, to keep their to keep themselves excited and occupied and avoid and discharge pain. Sure. Um, the meaning of the arrows in brief. When moving in their direction of disintegration, stress, scattered sevens suddenly become perfectionistic and critical at one. However, when moving in their direction of in integration, growth, gluttonous scattered sevens become more focused and fascinated by life like healthy fives okay so the enneagram is like it looks kind of like this pentagram or something and each number has arrows going out of it that link it to the other numbers so um my stress number is one and my growth number is five so that five was the investigator this intense cerebral type uh and the one is the reformer, the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Okay, I guess I can relate to all of these pretty well. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, any of these pseudo-scientific things, you know, like astrology or tarot, where it kind of applies to everybody, probably. Um, I'll read you all nine. Uh, two is the helper which I'm not whatsoever, the caring, intrapersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type. Four is the individualist. Five is the investigator. Six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Seven is the enthusiast, eight the challenger, nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Right. So that's the Enneagram. It's this kind of hot new personality test. Um, it's fun. <clears throat> I don't know if it's the most fun or the most insightful, um, but have a go if you feel like it. This is a it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. <clears throat> All right. So I thought I would just get non-political for a bit today. Um, hope that was, I don't know, enlightening in some degree. Uh, have fun thinking about those things yourself. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Ciao.